going to look at ecosystems. So what does that term mean? Is it helpful for people in learning? Is it a term that frustrates many of us or many of you listeners because actually it's not well defined? And with that in mind, we've got the guru and expert with us today, Mr. Phil Clark. How are you today, Phil? I'm very well, Lloyd. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm feeling very good. I'm very much looking forward to chatting about this. Yeah. So before we, we dive into um, any of the detail here, let me just um, introduce you, Phil. So it's a okay. tr- tremendous um, set of introductions here. So Phil has been working in digital for well over 20 years. And before that, he worked in comms, predominantly training, uh, having ridden the wave from learning delivered in folders. In folders? What are those? Books, worksheets. You know, kind of wallets and that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need to talk about this um, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, for clients such as Lloyd's, BBC, Michelin and Rank Group um, and through the highly exciting CD and DVD ROM world. I'm getting kind of <laughs> background and memories of uh, Microsoft Encarta. Was that the uh, that I can remember back in the day? That type of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Building learning experiences in things like authorware, director for clients like REF, RNLI, through what we call DHTML or the web as it became to known for clients like Vodafone. Over the last 11 years, Phil has been involved uh, within education work, developing learning platforms for brands, for brands, for brands that deliver education programs for schools. Um, he's now concentrating more on corporate marketplace for learning, which is where we're going to dive in today, helping organizations understand what the future of learning looks like from a technology point of view in a very murky world and how to prepare and capitalize on those opportunities. Um, Phil was also doing a lot of work within the FE education sector. Um, and how better to support the system there, helping connect educators with business and make that whole journey much uh, more easier and effective for a young person. He also loves running. Um, so he's often, uh, <laughs> his best thinking and reflection time is when he's out. Um, so maybe we can chat about that later. But just before we, again, okay. go into the main discussion, can you just give us a sense for someone like me, you know, someone like me who was never, everything's digital for learning, what it would look and feel like <laughs> with the wallets and the worksheets compared to today? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I, I put 20 years, it's probably been a lot longer than that, actually. But um, I think, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, my background in, in design, you know, and uh, when I was at uh, college and university, there were no computers. You know, I think I kind of like learnt, my, the first computer I used was like one of these little sort of Macs, you know, the sort of thing you see on sort of archive footage. Um, and uh, I think, you know, when I first entered industry, it was really just around kind of creating worksheets for uh, corporate learning, you know, um, bits of paper, brochures which just kind of like you'd put in a folder you then you know it's hideously expensive you know because these things you know you get you know anything goes wrong with these things you know this is the beauty of digital you know when when we first moved into digital you know it not that it allowed you to make mistakes but you know um it allowed you to allowed you to quickly sort of adapt things you know so if you wanted to improve something whereas you know it was a very you know it's like a tome you know you you did it you printed it you shipped it out to training centers people would come to those training centers read all this content and then go away again you know it's a you know i'm sure you familiar with that model but it's, it's it feels like a very different world now but that's kind of where i started taking me back to um, when i first started college actually we, we used to have ohts are they, they the right word you oh, know the acetate yeah, yeah. yeah. very yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah very boring and mundane but um okay but i'm, I'm sure they worked so we're gonna as i've mentioned uh, we're gonna look at ecosystems for learning and i could just feel some people listening to this kind of oh, what on earth does that mean maybe some people haven't clicked through to this podcast because we've used that title but in your mind uh, phil 
if I was to say to you an ecosystem for digital learning, what is it in your in your mind? And is that a helpful term to use? So, I mean, I, I think it's quite simple in, in my mind um, because I, I, I think it's around connecting the dots. I think it's around, you know, I, I, one of the... Um, one of the things that I've felt for, for, for a long time, I suppose, really, is that, and this is, I, I guess, possibly coming from my education sort of work, um, is there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of tools that people can use. Um, and, you know, people pick and choose those things, and I, but they're, they're all very disparate elements. And I think a key thing about, you know, ecosystems for me is is just sort of joining those things up you know so whether that's sort of retrospectively or by design it's creating a sort of like um harmonious environment <coughs> where people can sort of pick and choose what they want to use they can then sort of uh, connect with other with their peers they can connect with experts in in that ecosystem so it's so, so and, and and sort of learn from sort of within a sort of almost a gated kind of like area um so rather than having these different things that kind of like sit on the internet or uh, or not they're, they're sort of just joined up i suppose really so you can learn from that joined up that joined upness if that's a phrase you know so if you go and use tool x over here um as people do at the moment and then they go and use tool y over here those two things are completely different um whereas if they're both sort of talking to each other or if there's a common gateway between the two that then starts to become an ecosystem and you can learn from that you can learn from the data behind that and i'm sure we'll come on to data sort of late, later on but that, that that being a kind of like a key element to, to, to an ecosystem is like how that sort of like common data helps users understand what they're doing in the ecosystem yeah i'm with you um and i think data is going to be important before before we yeah. get to that point could you um, provide us maybe with a, an example so l let's assume someone's listening to this right now and they've got a new senior role they've got to lay out strategy for digital learning and those jobs are you know out there <laughs> um, at the moment loads of them and i think this is a common challenge because you you mentioned dots so can we pick can we identify what those dots might be and why would we want to connect them what would we lose if we didn't? I think things are moving into a much more sort of like popularist culture sort of framework, I think, really. You know, I think, you know, in the learning community, I think people have sort of slightly looked at, looked at these things through a slightly, a slightly sort of singular lens. So I think, you know, you, you, know, you talk about singular learning events, you know. So, for example, you go to a, an LMS, for example, um, you'll, you'll, you'll read a piece of content, you'll watch a video, you'll, do, you'll, you'll, you'll take a quiz, for example, you know, sort of do a bit of a knowledge check. Um, and that's 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 great, and that's part of an ecosystem. But I think, you know, what, what we need to do is we need to start looking into, and the, one of the sort of things that I often think about is kind of like taking, and this isn't particularly new, but taking learning to where people are. You know, so for example, if someone is uh, a big, uh, just to use an example, a sort of Twitter user, for example, or if they uh, sort of read uh, Wikipedia quite a lot, you know, then how do you then capture? the fact that someone's got an interest in those areas so um how do you then sort of or how do you how do you then sort of take that knowledge and sort of play it back to them i think really you know so i think you know we, we you know i personally i think you know everyone's learning all the time you know i mean you know if i go to linkedin or if i go to twitter really my predominant reason for going there is to learn something new you know it's kind of like i'm trying to find something to pique my interest i suppose really you know so how do i then sort of like benefit from the fact that i've read an article or i've um sort of communicated with someone you know because i think that's that's interesting that's part of the experience you know and i think you know taking that experience back into a learning ecosystem where you can then sort of as i say reflect that back to the user and also to the organization as well so you can start to build up sort of sort of dom dom domain experts you know so you know by by cap that person's 
understanding their level of understanding within a certain a certain area and sort of you know then that then that can then is really useful for the for the person because they can sort of see what they've learned it kind of it starts to then sort of generate a sort of interest in, in you know in pathways so you can start to see which way you want to sort of like lean into a little bit more but also from the organizational point of view you can start to then see as i say where these sort of domain experts are and then that is very useful as well because they you know you then might, might start to think about how you can use that knowledge and how you could potentially deploy that person slightly differently you know so i think it's kind of it is around i mean i, I you know there, there are lots of it's, it's around resources so there are the known resources if you like um but i think it's also around sort of taking it out into the much wider sort of digital and not and not necessarily digital um because i think you know one of the things that i'm quite interested in i've just been doing a piece of search for someone around you know how do you take that that model out to sort of developing countries as well you know and sort of it's around offline as well you know so how do you how do you allow someone to be able to sort of access sort of learning if even if it's narrow bandwidth learning, you know, on devices, take that knowledge, l- learn from it, and then sort of again put that back into the put that back into the ecosystem, you know. And that's about sort of like using things like mobile phones, you know, using books, for example, you know, being able to then sort of like capture, you know, you, so one of the things I'm interested in is kind of like barcode scanning books. And then you know, if you if you have the rich metadata behind that book, you can start to then sort of like sort of scrape some of the metadata from that back into that user's profile so it doesn't have to all be digital i mean obviously that's the world we live in now but um it's around i I think it's and this is a very long answer to your very short question but um (laughs) it's around it's it's around sort of looking at where people are what they you know what their environment is what their interests are and then being able to start taking that sort of like knowledge that knowledge retention back into the ecosystem okay um, i'm with you and i think you've covered loads of things um there that i'm going to try and pick up and I concur with a lot of them, but let's just assume someone. What what is that ecosystem? Because I uh, I'd imagine it, when we use that term, for some of us, it's hard to visualise what that ecosystem is. It's a bit like this is the matrix, right? You guys, it's yeah. there. You guys just don't know about it. It exists. But could you break down what that ecosystem might look like? Is okay. it an LMS? Is it a piece of paper? You know, on sure. someone's desk somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So let's okay. Let's start from the bottom up then. Yeah. So I this is how I see sort of ecosystems. So I I think you know right at the bottom, um, and I know you know uh, is the data. So you know people are starting to move towards learning record stores, which is a, a sort of a much more experiential. And the way that people communicate with these is is starting to be through what they call the experience API, the X API. And what you're able to do there is to be able to sort of capture much richer data around someone's how someone's sort of performed, but also their environment as well. So data sits at the bottom, I think, really, in these learning record stores. And crucially, sorry, just to sorry. cut in, just to cut in there, yeah. and do a bottom. So uh, when okay. we say um, the data rich da- rich data at the moment i'd imagine the vast majority of people might have the standard platform i.e a moodle and it's a pass the, yeah. when someone goes through a course it's a pass or fail and you want to know how exactly. you know jessica or joey does in a particular module you want to know, understand yep. the what are the most common places um, where learning is not happening and can we focus energies there is is that kind of what xapi could do it is yeah and it, but it but it can it can just it can record more data i mean it's a, it's a, it's really it's quite an open sort of platform and it's basically a specification really to you know the, the way that you sort of record someone's data is kind of in this sort of in this verb analogy so you can say that you know lloyd read this website lloyd played this game you know and also it kind of like stores along with that other information as well so you can you, you can sort of store someone's environment so so it's, it's a much richer data set that's not simply a binary sort of completed x or y as it were 
Um, mm-hmm. So, 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 it's a kind of a rich data set. But on, and then on top of that, you've you've then got. I, I still think LMSs are kind of part of the picture. Um, I think certainly the LMS is dead. That's the statement we see and read a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not. I think LMSs as as they are perceived at the moment, perhaps you know that's 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 kind of on its way. You know, maybe they are on the way out. But I still see them as being sort of useful. Um, I think it's, you know p- people are sort of slightly wedded to LMSs. They've got a lot, there's a lot of investment in them, and I think I think you know what may happen is that uh, LMSs turn into sort of content repositories, um, perhaps you know. So you know you may not store the data within that LMS. You may bypass that and store them into learning record stores, and it'll start to it'll start to sort of build a sort of picture, sort of a a, a picture of that person's experience and that's kind of one bit of it as it were so you kind of got the data you've then got an lms but then you may have other you know might, might have other things that sort of are sort of satellites to that as well you know and those things can be bespoke tools you know so there could be um a specific sort of assessment sort of module with it that's sort of something that's developed for for an organization that works within their sort of like framework it might then be um an external video platform you know they, they might they might put video onto a specific channel you know or onto a specific you know like maybe youtube maybe vimeo and sort of capturing that data and putting that back into the data set as well and it might be as i say other areas for example you know using sort of social channels as well that are you know, maybe Yammer, maybe maybe sort of tw- Twitter, that type of thing, and then that sort of data then again kind of gets gets pulled back into into the record store as well. So it's it's a number of different things, and I think you know one of the things that I think possibly uh, may may happen as well in the future is that is, you know, or as, as as is happening now is that people will sort of stop. They they they, they won't be quite so keen to develop bespoke elements. Um, they won't need to because it's available, right? It's available, exactly, yeah. So why would you want to kind of like invest your sort of budget in kind of building something? I think it'll be much more of a case of sort of like identifying the tools that are already available and sort of plugging those into the ecosystem. And I see that being a kind of like key aspect of the ecosystem is kind of the sort of agility of it. So, you know, you can kind of, you know, and especially in education, you know, I mean, if we were going to kind of like start to use social channels in education you'd, and you were building something, you know, you'd, you'd kind of re- be rebuilding it every six months, you know. So I think, you know, being able to sort of identify you know, tools that you can use and sort of plug those into the ecosystem um, is, is a key benefit of, of, of using an ecosystem. I'll just come on to that then. There's a couple of examples that come to my mind and we were chatting before we actually hit the record button. We hit it three times, by the way, because I bodged it up so many times. <laughs> but um, so when I was in my teaching uh, role, many, many uh, moons and a good hairline ago, the fact that we we could use Twitter and embed those code into we had a blackboard environment uh, for our virtual learning environment and that was there then and a lot of organizations are still paying a lot of money to create collaboration but um, I think as you have explained very well Twitter it, you know, Facebook whatever a lot of organizations are using slack those things are existing and they're there to use and why not embed them I mean it might be a little bit of investment yeah. uh, to get that in, uh, system embedded but it's going to deliver the benefit rather than spending more money and this is the maybe the uh, disparity of that uh, the gap between those involved um, on the front line in terms of delivery uh, mm. s- the message they need to give to their stake senior stakeholders for that buying or the budget or the sign off is the impact it can have and so I think you you mentioned about spend on average I think two and a half percent of payroll is spent on training and they are 
mm. spent on, as you've well, well explained, content. Why not use pre-existing content that's already out there? And let's be honest, if you want to learn, where do you go? You've already said it, LinkedIn, Twitter, yeah. the University of Google. Why, why don't we use those things? Do you see any other benefits? I know we've touched upon data, but any, any, is there anything else really that we're missing that would be a benefit of considering this wider ecosystem? I think I think sort of flexibility is one of the key things I think you know so the, you know being able to you know this sort of fail fast analogy so being able to sort of use tools and to be able to sort of then you know do, do they get traction minimize your investment in that and then be able to sort of like adapt from that so I think I see, I see that as being a really kind of like key aspect of using an ecosystem as well. Toby Harris from Filtered wrote a very good article mm. on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago criticizing and damning the approach to uh, the 70-20-10 model and I had to agree with, with a lot of what he said and I was speaking to him after and I kind of sign up, one of my comments was, I sign up to the thing that not everything is created equal, so the Pareto's law, the 80-20 example, you get 20, yeah. 80% of your success from 20% of sources and, and I think that's where the data, the benefits of the data will be for an organisation in the sense of let's consider you have um, let's not go with a mandatory training. Let's go with leadership training and these various articles and people are telling you what's the great leader or X, Y, and Z. But actually that data along the way should be telling you what are the best sources. And surely then you would give merit to those. You know, it would be the people would decide what the best sources are and the data would then push it out. Do you think as you currently under- understand and know regarding XAPI or other, other tools that can plug mm. into a learner record store, do you think that can happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, an ex, a record store is a, is a fairly dumb system. So it's, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's <harsh>. just data. <laughs> well, it, it's it's data, isn't it? It's kind of what you do with that data. And I think, you know, there are some there are some people, you know, there are some smart things going on with data. I think, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned filtered there. They're doing some some really, you know, good good stuff with. And I think, you know, one of the things and uh, one of the things is this which I think we'll just sort of come on to talk about is sort of about the sort of Netflix sort of style analogy yeah. of <clears throat> of learning, you know. And I think, you know, there's a great example of, you know, peop- of, of, of using data to present what it thinks people want to learn um, or want, want to watch, you know. And I know you wrote an article about this, actually, you know. but um, The frustrating thing with my family, right? It, people were getting Peppa Pig pushed to them for their leadership training. So, you know, it, it, ch- it chimed so much, you know, and it kind of, you know, you've kind of got that versus some something like Amazon, you know, which um, takes sort of a slightly different approach where, you know, you, it starts off with, a, you know, you, you start off with a search and then it then it just, you know, it chucks stuff at you, as it were. So I think you, you, you need to have a sort of a starting point, if you see what I mean. So I think, you know, when, we, when we're talking about sort of like how that data can be used to support learning, I think it's, it's around, you know, there's got to be a starting point. I think, so I think it's got to be based on, what you're doing, what your peers are doing, you know, people similar to you as well. So I think all of that stuff can absolutely be sort of like monitored within within an, within an XAPI and, and from a learning record store. And I think, you know, it's it's great to be able to sort of present to people, you know, what you think is the next thing to learn. But I think it's kind of, I think it's, that we need to be mindful that it kind of, it still needs the user to be in there to sort of start the journey in that in that sort of like that, that, that learning pathway um mm-hmm. and i think it's entirely possible with the with the way that you know and, and this is the thing you know if you can imagine it i think you can kind of do it with xapi you know the data is there it's really rich data it's just how you sort of manipulate it and i think that's the key one isn't it the manipulation of the data how and again people talk about dashboards what does it look like and 
you, you, you would want automation, wouldn't you, I think? You would want data to be presented back where it's useful. And what do we, what do we mean by useful? Well, you know, for our, it's going to be cost, let's be honest. Um, it's going to be mm. engagement. Um, but even for larger organizations or cross organizations, it, wouldn't it be great to know if for a given program that lasts, let's say, four weeks, what are the what are the key things that people normally fail on as well? What the, we can get to that place manually. So if you're using assessment tools such as Kahoot, um, Socrative, and there are various others, right? Um, but a free yeah. shout out for those guys. <laughs> but um, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if the the ecosystem or the data could point that towards you? Because that in turn refocuses that energy on maybe creating content yeah. that is specific for things you know people will struggle with. So you might not want to then say, we're going to use this LinkedIn article for objectives one, two, and three, and objective four in a blended format or whatever, we can then focus your energies on delivering that expertise over a given time and it comes back to the all things aren't created equal the data should let you know what you what people are doing well in and what people aren't which leads maybe leads me to a question because that was just a, mm. a throwaway comment on maybe are you aware of any organizations that are doing this already and when i say doing this have considered the ecosystem maybe have a learned record store with things plugged in i think it's early days for this really to be used that you know that effectively one of the, if you look at sort of what jisk are doing so jisk have got a program at the moment so just explain jisk to our audience, please. So uh, JISC are the sort of umbrella body of sort of technology for universities and things like that. So they, they've got a program where they are working with sort of colleges and universities where they are pulling into a central, a central data store, I suppose, really. All of the, all of the um, record stores, all of, oh, sorry, all of the sort of, sort of, sort of anonymized user records from multiple different universities. So what, um, mm. this is kind of a research program where um, you can then access that and you can then, just exactly as you've just been talking about, you can then start to analyse the um, common across universities, the, 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 the common sort of like pinch points, the, the, the things that are successes, things that are sort of like not working quite so well, how, you know, and, and sort of like see how people are progressing right across, you know, sort of like huge data set. And I think, you know, when you can start, and, and if you imagine that in sort of like, in a slightly smaller environment so that can be across business units within an within an organization you know and if you can kind of then start to pull all of this um together because the, the, the you know you can have multiple different record stores which then come into a central one because obviously you know because the data is uh, sort of common across all of these you can then start to pick up sort of trends really really easily and you can sort of tap into that data and then you can start to see where where the sort of lot like wins and, and failures are you know and that you know so that's something they've been working on for, for, for some time i think in this sort of slightly more sort of uh, sort of corporate world there's you know one of the one of the companies that i sort of like look at every now and then is ht2 i think they're doing some really interesting stuff um with their platforms so you know they've they're, they're developing pro they're developing sort of applications across all of their, their suite of applications actually you know for various different companies you know and i think you know they they've, they've there's some case studies on their on their site about sort of into into, into hotel into intercontinental hotel group for example where i think they did a, a study with some of their leaders um to, about leadership training and had some great successes there so i think i think it's slowly starting to get traction but i think it's um i i, I think you know you need to have some sort of slightly visionary people coming in who perhaps aren't on the front line as you were saying um and they're, and they're thinking about things slightly differently rather than sort of the legacy sort of set of tools that they've, 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 they've sort of inherited or or, or or are incumbent to them really good example to jisk for what it's worth i did a when i was at the, uh, my yeah. previous college did some work with them on ipad uh, training i had a little article and that 
used to I used to brag about that being innovative, and now I'm slightly embarrassed to talk about iPad and training. But but <laughs> waffle. Uh, the uh, point being, GISC, uh, higher education and further education is a really good point. Um, yeah. And there's a conversation on Twitter last night that I saw a couple of people uh, going through, and they were saying, okay, has anyone, does anyone know of anyone who's come into the corporate, the L&D world from education and they didn't think it would happen? And I was like, hey, I have, I have. And one of the reflections yeah. I've taken is that HE and FE are the true test. If what you're doing is scalable, it will work in that environment. And it's really yeah. interesting that those guys are, to my mind, being innovative, setting set yeah. the tone, if you like, and the direction. So I'm definitely going to... Um, uh, understand a bit more about what what they're doing yeah that's an interesting project we've covered quite a bit here i'm going through uh, <laughs> through um various various notes oh that was the one thing i was going to say and i'm mm-hmm. truly truly being difficult now as a host so i apologize phil <laughs> one of the risks i see at the moment with not only the, this conversation digital learning and um, we won't talk about it now, but also the challenges with virtual reality and augmented reality and so forth. But if we just stick with the digital learning and um, bits and pieces. If people aren't considering this and people being you're in charge of a team or you're in a team and you need to inform your line manager, that's a risk. That's a risk to everyone because five years down the line, if we aren't demonstrating, and I use that word impact, we're talking about the problems that it's solved in business or education, and these things won't be used. They will just sit there collecting dust and who knows, we might just go back to standard e-learning again. Do you think that's a fair assessment? And do you kind of see any other risks, really, of not doing this? Because I want the audience to be thinking, OK, so what? You know, what, why do I need to consider that? And that, for me, is one of the key ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it sounds like great fun connecting all these things together, doesn't it? You know, um, and I think, you know, I, 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 guess, I guess the reason I'm kind of like quite passionate about this now is because I've just seen so many unconnected dots within education and you know you i've started to see some of those things starting to come together and to, to use education as an example you know i mean i was you you've obviously got ofsted you know and you know my mm-hmm. wife's a primary school teacher and uh which is head actually at primary school and um just just the, the legwork involved about being able to sort of demonstrate progress you know is 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 is, is huge you know and i think you know being able to sort of like effectively kind of create you know they've, they've, they've got their kind of education strategy they know what they're teaching so i think you know being able to record that in a sort of automated way um really helps sort of them as far as kind of like being able to sort of push that data out to ofsted so you know if they use digital resources what they really want is they want a way of being able to get that data out of there but i think you you know in the corporate world you, you absolutely need a kind of a, a clear strategy about why you're actually going to use one of these things and what your you know rationale is for, for doing this you know there's a slightly sort of i guess you could take a slightly sort of sinister sort of sort of view of kind of looking at you know are, are we are we going to start to sort of like scrape people's twitter feeds and things like that to sort of find out what they're what they're learning but i think being able to sort of like have have an effective strategy about why you would want to use a specific tool so take something like a, a sort of self-assessment tool you know i mean that's um i don't quite know where i'm going with this lloyd to be honest with you <laughs> well no I, I what was going through my head first of all when you mentioned the education bit is that what what cracks me up <laughs> with education and when we think about it's a pedagogical environment innovative people around learning but we still they still have the concept of a teacher training day and i might get shot down with this but that that doesn't add up the concept that everyone is going to stop for a whole day and learn that just seems ridiculous surely there's a better way of doing it 
And, you know, this podcast is called The Future of Learning. And let's consider some other things that, that could play in here. So we know now that 30% of web searches do not come from a laptop or a monitor. And that voice. So the impact of in the cars already, the BMW and several other car dealers have, um, car manufacturers, I should say, will have Alexa built into the car. I, I've just said Alexa. I'm now concerned that the ring in the kitchen starting to go yeah. around. And that's it. You can probably know if you can hear it going there. But what if we had, so think again, consider the benefit of an ecosystem yeah. for both corporate learning and training, the, the fact that you've got voice technologies there ready to use that could just plug in. And in, in even I remember being on a teacher training day at the college. You'd all just go through your mandatory e-learning programs. Again, what? What? I, I'm just um, I, exhausted I, by the fact that everyone has to go through the same manual handling training yeah. every year. Why not test them first? Why not do regular testing and again plug it into the system? Yeah, and I think I think you know coming back to the point about you know what are the dangers of of not doing this? I think you know that I I think that the the mountain's got to come to Muhammad, you know, the kind of getting people to sort of like coming, sitting in a room or sort of like, you know, going to a specific destination, even on the internet, you know, that's, that's, that's not where people are going. You know, people are sort of like engaging with sort of digital technologies in different environments, you know, in different places. So, you know, if you, if you, if you don't embrace um, allowing, or if you don't give your sort of employees the ability to be able to sort of learn sort of where they want, when they want, they want. I think that sort of like sends quite a message about sort of the culture of a company. I think, you know, you've, you've got to allow people to sort of be able to sort of access this stuff on the bus, you know, and kind of, it's kind yes. of like, it's a fairly sort of hackneyed analogy, you know, but you've kind of got to, you've, you've got to give people sort of like what, you know, the, the, the access to this stuff, you know, where they are, when they want it. You know, and in education, you know, you've got the whole, you've got the flipped learning sort of side of things. So, and I think that's something that's, you know, so, so you know, young people will learn, so young people will be given sort of like uh, stimulation and resources to go and see outside of the classroom and that's great because you know there's, there's absolutely no point in sort of sitting 30 young people down to watch a video um they can do that outside of the classroom what you really want is you want stimulating debate and in, in, in engagement when they come back together again you know and i think that's sort of a, a model for learning it's kind of like and again it's this kind of ecosystem so allowing people to go out and absorb sort of the, the the background material if you like and then come together in a much more social environment to sort of talk about what they've seen and to be able to sort of like learn from each other you know oh god you know what? i didn't quite get that from what i was watching and i think that's a much more effective way of being able to deliver learning and you know it's got to in my mind anyway sort of like help retention and sort of like un, you know widen the understanding around specific you know around topics it's like the, there was an e there was an ecosystem before, before for corporate learning for mainstream education and that ecosystem is designed around and we, you know, I don't want to dive off here but the industrial revolution and you know Sir yeah. Ken Robinson's TED talks are fascinating yeah. ones that really highlight Absolutely. highlight this and when we talk about you know I don't know um, the digital revolution or industry 4.0 I don't, I don't I'm not really comfortable saying that mm. but we know for sure that there's a new way in which people are working yeah. that is definite one of the challenges I think that will come here will be that why should I do learning on my mobile? That's my personal time. But I, I believe the world we're working towards, there is no difference. You know, time and place aren't really going to matter. Yeah. And the fact that the benefit to the employees, whether they be teachers or um, whatever, you're in some corporate, not corporate environment, but you work for a large organization, the benefit is if you can sit on the bus and read an article and it'd be tracked as learning, or you can commute in the car and answer a couple of questions to your 
<laughs> voice technology. I'm not going to say the A word in case it goes <laughs> crazy again. What's the benefit? Well, the benefit is you don't have to have that whole day for teacher training. You don't have to stand behind for you know for your mandatory courses and so forth. So there's there's cross benefits here, and I think the real challenge is turning turning this into reality. Yeah, I, and I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you know it, it feels it, it does feel that we're kind of like on this sort of uh, brink of this stuff becoming slightly more mainstream, and that's that may be sort of a slightly optimistic view, but I think it's 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 definitely there is a buzz in the kind of like learning community, I think, anyway, around, you know, the, the potential for this, you know, and you look at some of the tools that are coming through, some of the great ways that people are starting to use AI, for example, you know, I mean, you know, this coming back to this sort of Netflix analogy, you know, and if, if you can kind of like use a, an artificial device to start a conversation, which could then sort of like, you know, can assess what you're thinking and what, you know, which direction, you know, what you want to learn and then sort of give you sort of like destinations to go to, you know, that, you know, that's happening now, you know, and I think, you know, there is, there is certainly a, a, a slight tide of people moving towards this, I think, but it, again, it kind of feels like these dots, you know, there are, there are lots of these little things around and I think it's, you know, I, I haven't really seen them sort of being become mainstream as ecosystems within corporate environments or, or within any environment, actually, you know. But I'm kind of hopeful that, that that that's definitely the direction that people are going in and people are going to start to be able to sort of like curate those dots into their own ecosystems. Yeah. And I, I think maybe one of the challenges could be that you have you have individuals, organisations selling dots, that's their yep. business model, yeah. and um, to, you know, carry on with the analogy. And those um, who are buying or wanting to connect aren't aware of where to start and so on that one really if you were to if you were to give your advice if someone's listened to this podcast and they're intrigued or they think oh i've got one of those dots <laughs> if they all they wanted to explore the area of learner record systems or anything we've discussed what would be your kind of one or two tips with where to start that journey excellent question lloyd i think you know if you wanted to get started with this sort of, sort of stuff the good place to start is actually with XAPI, you know, because as I was, you know, as I was describing earlier, you know, that, you know, in a way is kind of the, the, the bedrock to a lot of this stuff. So, you know, I, you know I, I think, you know, starting to look into the way that the data sort of fits together starts to then sort of tease out how you can then use that, I think. And that's so you're kind of like starting to think in the mindset of how you would develop a system like this. So, you know, if you start to sort of look at the sort of the potential of storing data and you know these things often come down to data if you start to look at how you can kind of like store that data you can then start to see what the potential is for that and then what you can kind of then start to sort of um, overlay over the top of that data and as i say you know i mean you you look at there are some great companies some really good companies sort of doing some 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 really you know good work in in in, across this piece you know i think you know filtered are doing some really good ai stuff um with magpie for example as i mentioned earlier on i think ht2 labs are doing some really interesting stuff with with their applications. They they've got a you know they've got a learning record store which is you know, heavily used, um, and they've started to build tools over the top of that. I think you know just starting to engage with um, st- starting to learn a little bit more around kind of the potential of XAPI is, is 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 in my mind sort of something which sort of underpins ecosystems. Okay, look, I think we've we've covered quite a bit there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to do the kind of. Um, where can people reach out to you after but what, what i want to dive in is some quick fire questions as I, I, I explain what they are earlier let's not let's just go for it and see what comes out so they're quick fire go with what's in your head so what does a great learning experience look and feel like to you so i think so i think first first and foremost 
it's kind of it's, it's a blended mix of content you know so it's something that's really really rich really engaging but also allows you to then sort of like lean into and kind of like follow your own pathways off of that so i think you know giving you sort of a relatively sort of broad understanding of something that allows you to then sort of like dig much much deeper i think really um something that you know is you you, you can easily connect with others as i say you know using this flipped analogy you know you want to talk about these things with other people i think you know it allows you to then sort of be able to sort of tease out some of the sort of like depth of certain subjects and ideally have access to experts in that as well you know so i, th- I think it's it's kind of a it's it's it's, it's an ecosystem lloyd that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> it was feeling like a mooc when you were talking um it's a little bit like a mooc yeah but i think you know and i think you know yeah i mean a mooc, mooc's are great i think you know i think you know mooc's are, as i say definitely part of the picture but i think you know, you know I, th- I think being able to then sort of like just just go down the rabbit hole a little bit deeper than a mooc potentially um, allows so giving people sort of like extended pathways into sort of areas outside of that MOOC as well. I think that's, mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, that's quite important. And the final question for me, we've had a really good discussion today on around the concept of ecosystems, learner record source, XAPI, um, but we've dived into other areas. So hopefully you're primed for this. If you could change one thing about, I say, our industry or your industry, what would it be? <laughs> um, you only get one. Uh, really? <laughs> okay. Um, and it's it's really boring. It's really really boring. So prepare yourself. Um, it, it's, it's common data. Okay, guys. <laughs> common data. I mean, that's, yeah. It's you know it's the thing that's kind of like it's the it's the bane of you know you know I mean this is coming from someone who sort of builds platforms and sort yep. of, you know I've been involved in sort of on that side of the fence I think really you know and it's just you know every project is you know just. Manipulating data from one system or another system, you know, and kind of coming up with a sort of like common data data set, or or, or a much better way of being able to assimilate um, data, would just have changed my career. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And let's see what others say on that yeah. one. I'm sure, it won't be data. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we've discussed data a lot. Um, so, look. If people wanted to reach out to you, Phil, I'll put some put some notes um, on the podcast recording. The video will be on YouTube. Um, we'll put it on, throw it up on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. But the website, if they want to search for you now, is loopdesign.org. They can follow you on Twitter at Phil J. Clark. Uh, yep. That's with an E at the end. Um, as And the same username uh, for some of your articles on Medium. I've had a, had a look at some of your Medium stuff, actually. Um, interesting yeah um, i've just started that yeah yeah i mean I'm, I'm pretty much phil j clark across the internet actually so yeah. it's good it's a good approach yeah. <laughs> that common data um, yeah. Yeah, hey. okay look phil i just want to really thank you for your time i think if you know our audiences are listening to, to this today there's so many things they can take away from it no doubt there will be further questions um raised for, for both of us and that's fantastic yeah. um but once again thank you for your time and i hope to speak to you soon hey guys thanks for listening to this show as always and thank you phil for your time i really enjoyed having this conversation today if the episode today offered any value or insight or if you enjoyed it i'd be really grateful if you could go to the itunes store and just leave a comment if it's if you think it's one star leave one star if it's two star leave two stars and any feedback of any kind would be greatly appreciated next week we're going to look at voice first technology and the impact it could potentially have with learning and development i look forward to seeing you guys there